Hi there, Megan Thompson with Megan Thompson Coaching, and here we are going to talk about your sensitive child's potential. So if you're raising a highly sensitive child or teen stuck in the meltdown or shutdown cycle, your child is hitting, kicking, screaming, running, throwing, throwing things, running away, hiding, or shutting down on a daily or multiple times a day basis, and you're wondering, is this all there is? Is just getting rid of these meltdowns the only thing that I need to be focusing on? Or is my child destined for more? Make sure that you stay tuned to today's show. Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children? Stop walking on eggshells and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. I want to cover something that we allude to often in our our trainings here at MTC, but uh, we don't speak specifically about so much because many of the, the parents who are coming to us are stuck in what we call survival mode. Part of the meltdown cycle, you you are dealing with frustration, aggravation, and worried about your child's emotional health and, and physical health and your whole family's emotional and physical health. And so when we speak to parents about their dreams and goals and what's possible for their children, even on our first conversation, many times parents need a lot of support in just envisioning that light at the end of the tunnel. And so today we're going to talk about what the light at the end of the tunnel looks like for highly sensitive children who are not stuck in the meltdown cycle. And this is really important for you to be paying attention to because oftentimes you'll hear from professionals or parents alike uh, that, that just getting rid of those meltdowns are, is, is the, the end game, right? And, and that is just simply not true for us here at MTC. For the clients that we serve, we see their children completely surprising them over and over and over again about what's truly possible. And I'm going to be telling you some stories today to capitalize on that. But first and foremost, we're going to talk about uh, where you might be stuck and and what's important about breaking out of this pattern now. Um, And we're going to highlight what's possible for your child. Okay. So one thing that you might resonate with is a phrase that we've you know, might have heard me say before. Uh, we've heard clients say this before as well. Uh, my kid is either going to be the president of uh, of the United States or the president of a prison gang, Megan. And I don't know which one and how that's going to happen, but I know my child has leadership skills. And uh, let's notice that, right? Let's observe what's possible for your sensitive child. And how do you get your child to be uh, the president of the world or, or any other sort of leader in, in a, a so, pro-social way uh, and, and raise them in that, in that successful manner without worrying halfway through and, or all the way through their entire childhood whether or not they're going to make it, right? So uh, let's cover that. So one of the things that is important for you as a parent of a sensitive child is to notice that when your sensitive child does not have skills to regulate their emotions, they will present themselves as lower than the norm in in children in child development. 
And so this is why your eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 11-year-old, 15-year-old, et cetera, even six-year-old, uh, when they're in the, their emotional state, heightened emotional state, they are exhibiting meltdowns. Now, meltdowns are appropriate for children before the age of four. Daily meltdowns are not appropriate for children beyond age three or four. A four-year-old having daily meltdowns feels extremely out of control, even if they are highly sensitive. So if your child is nine and they are having multiple meltdowns a day, your child is not presenting themselves at their highest skill set. This is a symptom of the meltdown cycle that you and your whole family is in. The meltdown cycle is a family dynamic problem. The entire family contributes to and perpetuates the meltdown cycle. And so this is something that we've helped families break out of over 350 at this point around the world. So I, I know a thing or two about what to do to, to break out of this uh, cycle. And that's a joke, obviously, uh, no more than just two things about it. But it's important for you to notice because you might hear from professionals that your nine-year-old will eventually grow out of it. And I have to tell you that that is not true. Highly sensitive children will likely present themselves lower than the normal average child. And I say normal from a, a standard deviation standpoint. We're talking statistics here. I'm going to show you a bell curve uh, if you're going to watch this in a video today. And uh, this is important for you to notice. So if you, if you happen to have taken statistics, whether that be in college or, or grad school, um, you might uh, remember that uh, a bell curve uh, looks like an upside down U and the middle, which is the heightened level of, of that, uh, that bell curve, is where most people present themselves in terms of functioning. Now, when the bell curve hits uh, the, the lower parts of that uh, close to upside down U, on either end of, of the bell curve, this is where we see uh, children of highly sense who are highly sensitive perform, uh, whether they are um, two or three standard deviations away from the middle um, or on either end. So highly sensitive kids struggle both emotionally and physically in their health, as well as relationally, um, less so, they struggle more so, excuse me, um, and are further away from the typical child in, in average functioning um, to the point where they can present themselves about 3% of the population. So you can see your child's needs match only about 3% of the population, um, which means that your child might be deemed with special needs. You might start to see your child with a, a pretty extreme mental health disorder. If you're seeking professional support from a professional who does not understand the personality trait, your child might end up with a diagnosis like, um, like um, uh, sorry, MDD or ODD, oppositional defiant disorder is, is the latter, um, and um, DMDD, disruptive mood dysregulation disorder. Uh, your child might be misdiagnosed with autism spectrum disorder or uh, misdiagnosed with uh, ADHD or diagnosed with anxiety, etc. And so all of these uh, needs and diagnoses are uh, not typical for the human population in the sense that every you know, average person would meet criteria, right? There's, uh, there's a, a minority here in the, in the human population meeting the, the criteria for mental health disorders. And highly sensitive children have a much higher rate of being diagnosed with these mental health dis disorders which means that their behaviors exhibit what a mental health disorders criteria, like in order to fit the criteria, right? 
So the criteria for highly sensitive children who are stuck in the meltdown cycle, um, daily meltdowns, uh, multiple times a day meltdowns, significant anxiety, uh, irritability, aggravation, etc. Now, if you look up any of those diagnoses, you would see consistency and, and some parallel uh, in terms of the symptoms of a, of a mental health diagnosis and a highly sensitive child stuck in the meltdown cycle. So if you're working with a professional who doesn't understand the personality trait, it's very possible that your child will be misdiagnosed. That's important for you to notice because if you're looking at uh, parenting a highly sensitive child and not all highly sensitive children fit the criteria for uh, the meltdown cycle, they, you know, your, your child might not be having daily meltdowns or multiple times a day meltdowns or multiple times a week meltdowns or shutdowns too, um, or, or either, right? Especially if you're working, we're talking about parenting a teenager here, your, your teenager is much less likely to be throwing things and, and hitting you at that point. It's likely they've started to internalize things, things like life would be better off without me, might as well quit perfectionism to the point where they're shutting down and procrastination becomes a massive issue. Child could be failing school, though they are highly intelligent, etc. So we could see these uh, symptoms shift, uh, but that they are still this, the meltdown shutdown cycle. And so your child could end up with, um, uh, with fitting criteria in the mental health world. And it's important for you as a parent to notice that that is just one side of the uh, bell curve here, okay? So if your kid's stuck in the meltdown cycle, yes, it is very likely that they will be struggling uh, more than the average child. And, and if you help your child build skills to regulate their bodies emotionally and, and mentally, then they will be much more capable of actually performing above the norm three standard deviations above the norm for physical health, which means that we've seen highly sensitive kids eliminate or significantly reduce upper respiratory disease. That's Pluis's research, which means asthma goes away. Okay. Think about the um, nervous system needs for somebody to be exhibiting much more healthier physical symptoms. And when you feel crappy about yourself and your body feels crappy and you feel run down, that impacts your physical health too. So we see highly sensitive kids resolving symptoms of physical ailments and, and also we see highly sensitive kids uh, performing much more effectively academically, um, being able to, to uh, access their potential academic gifts as, as many highly sensitive people are, are academically gifted as well as emotionally gifted. Um, creatively gifted, artistically gifted, musically inclined, etc. And then we see highly sensitive kids acting as leaders because when we see what's possible, right? When your child is capable of managing their emotions, then they can use all four components of the highly sensitive trait for effective functioning, right? Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, let's look at it, depth of processing. When your child is taking in more information from the world, and they know how to deal with that and they don't feel flooded by that information, they're going to be able to sort it effectively. And when your child can sort that information from the world more effectively, they can tie strings together in their thinking process. So when your child reads a paragraph in, um, in, in literature, their reading comprehension is going to be higher than their peers because they'll be able to thoroughly understand the message of the author when they're calm, cool, collected, and skillful, right? So calm, cool, collected doesn't just mean that they're having a good day, <laughs> mood, that's mood dependent, 
okay? Or that their environment is safe, so they are working with an excellent teacher, right? Uh, but rather, regardless of what's going on in, in their environment, regardless of whether or not they're having a, a, a good day or a bad day, emotionally, they still have skills to regulate their mood, um, positive or negative, and change how they feel on a daily basis. And in that respect, your child is going to be able to perform much more consistently academically. And as a result, you'll see that play out in their grades. And so when we see this consistency for highly sensitive kids, we obviously are able to notice that your child is able to match their potential. We see lots of parents tell us, oh my gosh, my, my kiddo, if she could regulate, she could absolutely uh, run the world. And that is totally true uh, when we observe how highly sensitive kids can be leaders and how they can use their emotional and intellectual gifts when regulated. Now, think about this. If you're detail-oriented, say, for example, you get a job as a, a copy editor, right? Maybe you are um, a publishing editor and, and able to better able to process um, more thoroughly the books that end up on your desk. Might take you a little longer to read them, but if your production in terms of high quality leads to the company's capacity to sell best-selling books um, much more effectively, then you will be promoted over your peers, right? Even if it takes you a little longer, your, um, your boss is going to notice that your performance is, is higher quality, right? Um, secondly, Let's take a different profession uh, that where detail orientation is important. Uh, say, for example, medicine or nursing, right? You might catch problems, um, catch ailments that other people don't catch because you're noticing those details and you're putting two and two together in a different way. A regulated, highly sensitive mind can think outside the box much more effectively and can advocate for their needs when they're not only emotionally empathetic, but also emotionally regulated. Because empathetic people uh, who are not emotionally regulated don't reach out for help because they're worried about being a burden. This leads to people-pleasing workaholism. So as a parent of a highly sensitive kid, if you see that your child is struggling, perhaps you are resonating with this if you are also highly sensitive, wondering, oh boy, you know what? I could do so much more for the company I work for or for the church I'm involved in or the community or the sports that my kid's in. Um, but I don't, I'm worried about putting people out when I advocate for what's going on. Well, that's a skill set that highly sensitive kids can learn at a much earlier age. And you as a parent can teach your highly sensitive child how to do that much more effectively as that's how highly sensitive kids learn. Highly sensitive kids learn through the parent-child relationship and through skills taught by the parent. And this is consistent over a multitude of research researchers. So I won't be naming names here because that's going to send you down rabbit holes that you don't need to be focused on. That's my expertise. Um, in terms of naming all of, all of the, the research and all of the studies, um, all of that has been going on for the last 30 plus years. That's not the, um, the, the point of today's training. The point is focused on what your kid is capable of and being able to observe how and why your child is stuck in not reaching that capacity, okay? So then we look at, um, now we've already gotten into, we've, we've done um, death of processing, we've done E, I'm out of order, that's okay. Um, we've done empathetic and emotionally reactive, right? 
Now we're going to do easily overstimulated. Now, if, if, if your child is not capable of managing their emotions in a busy classroom, then obviously it's going to be a lot harder for them to, uh, to focus, which means that they could end up with a misdiagnosis of ADHD or anxiety uh, because it's difficult for them to concentrate as well as their, their grades uh, slipping because they're missing details because they're overwhelmed, right? And this is true for kids who are schooled in, in all kinds of settings. We see, you know, we work with families who, who homeschool. When children are capable of regulating their emotions, they finish their work much faster, and then you guys get to enjoy your lives. You know, as a homeschooler myself, uh, being able to make sure that that uh, those activities and, and school learning activities are completed allows your child to have much more long-term focused play and investigation, which means that they can learn better in depth. So this is not just re relevant to children who are schooled in the public setting. That skill set is still lacking in children who are homeschooled, who are highly sensitive, stuck in the meltdown cycle. So removing your kid from a public school setting does not fix this problem. Um, when we think about being able to, to support your child in that, you know, being easily overstimulated, obviously uh, being able to work in a faster paced environment or in a loud environment, for example, uh, would be something that your child would, you know, stunt your child's development if they aren't able to do that. So if your child wants to be a veterinarian, but can't handle all the noise of the dogs and the cats, uh, then we're in trouble, right? Uh, we've got an issue here. Um, you know, noise canceling headphones don't let you talk to your staff members or hear um, squealing that is no longer um, a normal, I want to get out of the cage squeal, right? So there's some needs that need to be mitigated where outside tools aren't the only uh, solution to being able to address that. And so when we think about supporting your sensitive kid and being able to reach whatever goal it is that they have for themselves, and this is obviously related to not just uh, career, right? We want to focus on a highly sensitive parent who is easily overstimulated is going to be significantly impacted by raising children. Uh, children make noise. <laughs> um, and, and that's going to be really, really tough to do if, uh, if you don't have skills to manage your overwhelm. You'll end up yelling regularly and, uh, and feel really quite stressed. And so when we help our clients to deal with this, right, um, because we see we work directly with many highly sensitive parents who didn't generalize these skills themselves, um, obviously, in order to teach your child, you need to be able to build the skills yourself. So we tackle both here at MTC and supporting your kid and learning those skills much earlier allows your child to have a much more fulfilling life in adolescence and, and in young adulthood, let alone uh, throughout their, their lifespan. And so when we think about being able to meet all of these needs, right, obviously being able to um, take, take apart, pick apart, um, small details and noticing small details makes you a much more successful um, employee or, or potential employer. And, uh, and that's something that's going to be incredibly important for the, the workforce moving forward. Um, the, our, uh, today's workforce and the workforce that, that our children will be jumping into um, is going to be focused on creative, out-of-the-box thinkers. Uh, we, we have already uh, removed a significant amount of plug-and-play career opportunities by having artificial intelligence fit those needs or, um, you know, robotic uh, um, software or machinery fit those needs. And that's only going to be going uh, in, you know, that's only going to be growing in, um, in many, many industries. 
And so your child is going to need to be able to notice small details. Any child, highly sensitive or not, is going to need to be able to notice small details and creatively solve problems. Rote memorization, um, rote repetition, rote um, uh, regurgitation is not going to set your child apart in the career in, the, in, in any career trajectory. And so highly sensitive kids have a much bigger capacity of exhibiting uh, skill sets uh, that, are, that are gonna set themselves apart uh, from the pack when they have the skills to regulate their emotions. Because obviously you'll be a faster copywriter if you're gonna write in marketing, um, you'll be a more um, powerful lawyer if you can pick up on those details and be quick-witted. Uh, whether you're going to be a, a lawyer um, who a trial lawyer or uh, a lawyer who's who's focused on um, just uh, technical language and 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 working more remote positions, uh, and then we look at uh, highly sensitive kids who can go into engineering or other mechanical positions, vocational positions where. Uh, running a successful business might be part of the plan. Some entrepreneurial work in uh, perhaps running your own auto body shop or um, uh, seamstress company, etc. And so things things of that nature could necessarily require uh, your sensitive child to not only pay attention to details, but keep all the balls rolling. Um, all, all the balls up in the air, I should say. <laughs> um, and, and that requires emotional stability. All of those jobs, all of those career trajectories and where our our industries are headed here in the United States, they all require uh, quite a significant amount of emotional steadiness um, in terms of in terms of regulating your emotional state and being able to manage that. And as an entrepreneur myself and managing multiple businesses, managing my own emotional state is incredibly important and it's a skill set that I know that many people don't have and that's why we do what we do here at MTC and uh, being able to do that successfully is something that uh, that supports the success of any sort of business that your child would potentially run if they want to do that as well so um, especially noticing where you know where our career trajectory is headed where some children are thinking that they might um, want to uh, have a higher connection in social media um, and and using that for any sort of projection of their career, they would need to be able to withstand the conversations on social media that can be quite toxic. And that requires emotional management as well. And so no matter how your child is, is, is planning on um, being financially successful and in terms of career success, uh, as well, it's also important for you to notice that your child has the capacity to meet all of those needs when they can emotionally regulate. And so I want to you know, speak about this globally, but I want to speak about this from a more, um, uh, from, a, from a more particularly um, uh, specific standpoint. I want to share a story. One of our clients, we can call her Nancy. Um, she came into to one of our programs. This is the program for, for parents of younger children. And uh, we call that boot camp here at MTC, Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Boot Camp. And we help parents break out of that meltdown cycle in as little as eight weeks. And so Nancy came in uh, pretty struggling pretty significantly. Her nine-year-old was having such explosive meltdowns in the morning uh, that she was Nancy was actually pretty uh, worried that she would lose her apartment. She had already had a few noise complaints um, 
uh, um, accounting against her due to her child's needs. And she was really worried she would get evicted. And so coming to us, uh, she shared the, this and also the, the disconnection, the emotional disconnection she was having with her daughter, which was, especially as an, a single parent, uh, weighing on her very, very heavily. And uh, it, was, it was torture trying to support her daughter getting out the door. And so in working together with her in less than, um, in, in about four to six weeks, I think it was closer to four, but I don't have that number in front of me. Um, she was able to stop the meltdowns in, in the day, in the morning time. She had like maybe one a week instead of the twice a, a morning. So that's, um, every morning when they were getting ready to go to school down to, down to once a week within four weeks. And then, um, moving, moving upward, upward from there, uh, with her daughter. One of the things that she noticed was not just that, right? It wasn't just getting her kid to stay quiet in the morning, right? Uh, I want to talk about the pervasive behavior change that led to pervasive, um, highlight of her child's personality, her child's true personality. And this is really important. Something we talk to our clients about a lot that your highly sensitive child is not the meltdown cycle. The, the, the kiddo you're seeing is in pain. She is hurting. She is not performing at her true personality. And so the, the irritability, the aggravation, the hesitancy, um, the, the refusal that you see from your child or your teen, uh, that is not who they are. That is not their innate uh, personality. That is a symptom of the, of the meltdown cycle. And so what she was able to, to celebrate this was definitely four weeks in. Um, what she was able to celebrate on one of our calls was her daughter um, had she she had witnessed her daughter in a um, an assembly uh, like a, a chorus assembly, and uh, there was a, another child who mom was able to after learning about the sensitive trait with us uh, observe this kiddo was likely highly sensitive himself as well. Um, was hesitant, had kind of stopped at the, they were, they were all going for the, um, to the center of the stage to go do their performance. And he stopped at the stairs, uh, wasn't, uh, feeling comfortable going up the stairs, kind of frozen. And, uh, this, this young girl, her daughter, Nancy's daughter here, um, would have previously, um, not been emotionally regulated enough to support another child or, or even, um, you know, step in at, at all would have, would have likely, um, passed on the, the opportunity, but, but, uh, Nancy celebrated on our, one of our calls, um, that her daughter not only stopped, uh, to notice this young boy, uh, in his emotional frozen behavior, um, but coached him, coached him in noticing, not just reassuring him, come on, it's okay. Everybody's waiting. Right. Um, but she coached him to manage his own emotions in a way that her Nancy had been teaching her. And, uh, that allowed the young boy to take a deep breath and, and, and ready himself and steady himself enough to go up the stairs and join the chorus, uh, with the rest of the classmates. And Nancy was able to witness this from afar in, in terms of it happening, um, at the assembly. And uh, the beaming experience that Nancy had witnessing her daughter, in addition to the fact that all the teachers that had come up to Nancy afterwards um, saying, 
oh my gosh, did you see your kid? Can you believe that? Um, nobody else would have been able to get through to this little boy and your daughter did that. And this little boy was, you know, struggling and had some need, has some needs as well. Um, and, and the number of adults, it was at least three or four adults who had, who had gone to Nancy after that assembly and stopped her and, and checked in with her and just acknowledged the leadership skills of her nine-year-old, uh, that her nine-year-old was able to not only manage the nerves of herself, right? This is a, this is a school performance. And, and her, this child's meltdowns were, um, prior to coming to school, they were based in perfectionism. They weren't just, I don't want to go to school. It was, it was a lot of worry going on behind those meltdowns. Um, and so she was, you know, she was able to manage her own emotions. She was able to manage the fact that she was performing. So any sort of performance anxiety managed, she was able to feel capable of solving any problems that she herself would have while on stage. Cause this isn't a typical, I mean, it's not like they, they, she, this nine-year-old goes to theater school, right? <laughs> this is a, a once a quarter or once a semester kind of performance. So, um, that she's working towards depending on, on the school setup. Right. And then she was able to not only feel regulated in her body enough to feel like she could handle her own emotional needs, but she was also able to feel and notice, notice and feel the empathy towards this young boy and act on it, knowing that she could feel capable enough to lead this young boy into success. Because highly sensitive kids who are leaders feel capable that they can solve problems when they're trying to lead. Otherwise, they don't, they don't reach out. Otherwise, they don't try to help. They want to, right? They want to, uh, but they don't often initiate it. Instead, they wait by the sidelines and wish and kind of hope um, that they could help their peers succeed. But they don't take action because they're worried about how their peers will take it if they try to give advice or support. And they're also worried about what would happen if, they're, if, the, if the kids don't respond in a way that they um, will uh, will you know benefit from so highly sensitive kids who want to be leaders often and are stuck in the meltdown cycle will inhibit that urge for themselves they won't act on it um, for for a multitude of reasons and that's a few of them and so this mom was beaming oh my gosh you should have seen her 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 emotional experience on this uh, live call with us celebrating her daughter's success celebrating that young boy being impacted by one of his peers in a way where he felt successful and then noticing that this was such a proud moment for both mom and for daughter and you know for, for this little kiddo, that level of ripple effect in just four weeks, right? So to go from being, you know, fearful that your kid's going to get kicked out of, of your, your going to get you kicked out of your apartment to then your child being a leader in her community in such a short period of time, I want to support you in noticing how your sensitive kid is fully capable of that as well. And this is the experience that we're talking about. We're talking about being able to support your child in managing their emotional goals, in managing and performing in a way that's that helps set them apart uh, in, in, in an effective way, right? Rather than, than thinking that this emotional uh, success is something that your child is going to take years and years and years um, into adulthood before they start meeting. That's simply not true. And, uh, you know, for you as a parent, it might feel too good to be true. You might be wondering, how do they do it? This doesn't make any sense. Well, guess what? All we do 
all we do is take advantage of science here at MTC. We, we, we use the research and science to, to support this process. This is a scientific concept called vantage sensitivity. Highly sensitive kids have a higher vantage point than their peers. They are much more capable and much more susceptible to their environment when the environment changes. And so who creates the environment for a highly sensitive child? You do. Parents do. Okay? Parents create the environment for a sensitive child. And that's incredibly important for you to notice. Your child feels heard, understood, cared for most from their parent-child relationship. Okay? Um, and this is really important for, for, for us to be highlighting because when that relationship shifts and your child's self-esteem goes up and your child's sense of capability goes up, which is self-concept. And when those things go up, we also see uh, that needs to, needs to obviously be met with a full sense of capability and regulating emotions. And you need to be teaching your kid to do that. Your child will not learn that one hour a week when the other 167 feel like they're on fire. Um, and so the emotional experience on a regular basis has to be uh, improved in a positive way through the environment with the parent and the child. And so when you shift that dynamic and you do that by addressing four different components we've talked about before and how we do that here in MTC, um, you see, we see rapid results. And, and that is just, you can look up advantage sensitivity. You can look at this image that I shared earlier. If you're watching this on video, um, the increase in, in positive, in a positive environment will support your child in performing above the norm, above her peers. So it's not too good to be true. It's just statistics. Uh, and, and so when we get to rely on statistics, we get to rely on science, then, then it makes our job here at MTC a heck of a lot easier. Uh, it makes your job as a parent a heck of a lot easier because you can notice that your child's not a statistical anomaly. They're just a statistical minority. And uh, that can be relieving in, in and of itself, right? So what fixes the problem? What fixes the problem? Um, obviously changing the way that you see your child and what's possible, right? As I just spent uh, the last uh, half hour or so talking about. Secondly, uh, your relationship with your child needs to be broken down and, and you need to teach your child in a way that isn't shaming and, or, and needs to be playful and communicative in a way that your child hears from you. So that's number two and number three. And then number four is that you need to be strategic. You can't be throwing tactics at the wall. Helping your kids show up to a, to a chorus uh, performance that they're worried about isn't going to move the needle. Uh, that's, you know, circumstantial tactics. You need to be managing your child's emotions by building a foundation of comfort around emotions and then supporting them and strategically changing their behavior patterns at the most unsafe behaviors and, and doing that consistently so they feel capable. As a result, your child, you don't have to be tactic-based anymore. You don't have to look at every single problem as a major problem because the majority of your problems are symptoms of the bigger root cause. And so if you're ready to fix this problem at the root and uh, you want our help to do that, then I encourage you to book, our call, book a call with our team. Go to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash talk or meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash teen talk and we will have a conversation about where you're stuck 
We will also have a very clear conversation about what you want to do with your life when that problem is gone. <laughs> because I say this often, if you don't understand and notice the light at the end of the tunnel clearly, you will not do the work to get there. All right. It takes an incredibly amount of hard work to break out of the meltdown cycle. This is why we support our clients in a significantly intense way in order to do that thoroughly. And uh, with that being said, uh, I'm not sure that what we do is going to be the bridge from your um, your stuck points into uh, your dreams. We have to have a conversation about that because what we do uh, is is a high a high highly intense specialty uh, that is hard work and and yet we can break it down and make it simple for you uh, as long as as you fit some criteria and we we know that we've solved this problem with other parents before uh, and when that's the case then uh, then we share with you exactly how to get started on that journey on the very same phone call so that you don't have to wait any longer and um, noticing that you're able to capitalize on your child's potential much, much faster. So supporting your kid, obviously, in feeling better on a daily basis is why you've been listening to us for as long as you have. It's why you've been following us, why you've been working on trying to solve this problem and up late at night Googling haven't, and, and, and um, you know, haven't been able to break out of that pattern. And that's okay. Uh, because breaking out of this pattern consistently does require professional support. It is not something that parents are going to be able to watch their kid grow out of. And it's very hard to see uh, what you're missing without an outside party who can, who, who's been able to turn this around consistently with hundreds of people. So um, no shame in the, in the, in the game of, of needing support here uh, and in reaching out and in, in have, being, have been stuck for so long because uh, it is it is incredibly common to be stuck in the meltdown cycle for for years, um, and it's also true that you don't need to be. <laughs> you can you can turn this around quickly, and uh, we'll we look forward to speaking with you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC. Here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen, what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.